Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lost Christmas Podcast. Christmas is the theme, and on this podcast, I explore the ins and outs of the holiday. Here you'll find history, folklore, mythology, recipes, stories, and tales from across the globe, and so much more. My name is Jeff, and I absolutely love Christmas. I'm so glad that you're joining today. Each episode has a different topic or two, diving deeply or shallowly into it as I share what I learn about the history of Christmas. At the end of the episode, you'll hear a short summary of the story from The Lost Years of Santa Claus, a book that explores the missing chapters in the life of the person we know as Father Christmas, St. Nicholas, Santa Claus, and by many other names. Each story is broken into two or three parts, so be sure to listen to each episode to hear the whole story. Hello, everybody, and here we have our recommended movie, TV show, and book for this week. So I, I have some, some super special ones for me that are near and dear to my heart. And yeah, let's just kick it off. For our movie, we have Santa Claus the Movie from 1985. It was a huge bust in theaters. It was a big budget movie, and it just busted. It did not do well, but it has one of my favorite actors, John Lithgow. I am a huge fan of Third Rock from the Sun, so I think that just holds a special place in my heart. But I really like this movie. Um, I think it's a Santa Claus origin story, so if you guys have listened to this podcast at all, you know I'm a huge fan of Santa Claus. I, I think it tells a really interesting story. And I, I really love it. A toy tycoon tries to take over Christmas and the North Pole. It's well worth a watch. I think you guys will really, really enjoy this. So definitely check it out. It's streaming on a couple of different places. Usually for you have to pay for it. Um, but it, to me, it's well worth it. Definitely worth a watch. If you can find it on DVD or Blu-ray, please do that too. It is excellent. It's worth it to have it in your collection. For our TV show, I'm going to go with my personal favorite TV show of all time, Chuck. And it is Chuck, Season 2, Episode 11, Chuck vs. Santa Claus. So, if you're not sure about Chuck, so Chuck is, uh, I'll give you kind of the elevator pitch on the show. It's, Chuck is a, a college dropout who works at the equivalent of a Best Buy or like a large electronics store. He works in the, like the tech department, you bring in broken stuff and they fix it. And one day, and this guy who ruined his life sends him an email, and in it, it contains basically all of the United States government's secrets. And so he winds up having them in his brain, and he becomes kind of a de facto spy, although he's bumbling and silly. And Anyway, that's the elevator pitch for the show as a whole. It's comedic, it's excellent, it's got about five seasons, streaming on Amazon Prime, so I highly recommend you check it out. But this episode is really, really great. It uh, it shows off a lot of what I really appreciate about the series. It's campy. It's got action. It has comedy. It has complex relationships and really interesting characters. I definitely recommend it. It's got a hostage scene. It has a lot of vibes of all sorts of things. I, I won't provide any spoilers or anything, but but please, 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 please check this out. I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the best Christmas episodes of any hour-long TV show that I can think of. And then lastly, for our book, I have The Atlas of Christmas. Now, this is a book that I got this year. I've been very pleased with it. I think it does an excellent job of presenting some uh, global traditions, and it breaks it down into different sections. It's available on Amazon, as most books are at this point. Um, I highly recommend you check it out. I think you'll find a lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, it's some stuff that I've covered, some stuff that I haven't covered. It talks about different creatures at Christmas time. 
It talks about different food traditions, different caroling and uh, activity traditions. Excellent, excellent book. Uh, if you love Christmas and you like the history of Christmas, please be sure to check it out. It is a great, great, great book. And it's not, not fiction, so um, I think this is the first nonfiction book that I've posted up here. So definitely, definitely uh, check this one out. And without much further ado, we have our episode. We are going to talk all about rules for Christmas movies. So... What this episode is, the whole episode, is I'm going to talk to you guys about what it takes for a movie to be a Christmas movie. So I've created a scoring system, and I think um, for those of you that have always questioned, hey, you know, is this a Christmas movie? Is this not a Christmas movie? How can I tell if a movie is a Christmas movie? Well, I created a scorecard. Basically, you guys can uh, you can just walk through a movie, and you can it's a scoring system, very straightforward. And uh, yeah, so I think you guys will enjoy this. All of that to say, if you like a movie and it gives you the Christmas feels, that's ultimately to me what determines a Christmas movie. But I get it. I've gotten several messages from people saying, "Hey, that's not really fair. You need to have some sort of definition if you're going to say something is or isn't a Christmas movie." So yes, this is a more objective list, although it is subjectively determined by me what the criteria are. But if you just say everybody's Christmas movies are Christmas movies to them and not to other people, well, that's that's obviously where clickbait comes in and you get all the all the spam and stuff. So I, I apologize for contributing, but I thought it would be a fun way to uh, to, to talk about some of these uh, controversial, I guess, Christmas movies. And also, today we are kicking off uh, the first annual Lost Christmas giveaway. So I will be giving away a $50 Amazon gift card. Um, I will be sending it out by email, and so at the end of the episode, I will give you all the info you need to um, to participate. So stay tuned, listen to the end of the episode, and I can't wait to um, to get the responses and to see who all enters to win. All right, so rules for Christmas movies. There are five criteria for me, and it's a simple scoring system. For each of the five criteria, it either gets a point or it doesn't. So the five criteria are Christmas music. So lots of movies have a Christmas song or two. What I've come to see is if a movie doesn't have four Christmas songs in it, and that could be that could be the same song repeated, I guess, technically. But if, if, a, if a movie doesn't have at least four Christmas songs, then it doesn't get a point here. That doesn't mean it's not a Christmas movie. It just means that uh, it doesn't get the point for Christmas music. Um, second, it needs to feature Christmassy characters. So if it features Rudolph or Frosty or Santa Claus or the original Christmas character, Jesus, right? So the, the Christ mass, the, the, the originator of Christmas, really. Um, if it includes one of those characters and is primarily featured in the movie, then it gets a point. Now, if you just see someone in a Santa suit, that doesn't count. It has to be featuring, not not included, right? So it has to be like actually featured or centered on a character like this. Uh, events. So there are there are two possible events that could happen in a Christmas movie or in a movie for it to be to get this point for the events, and that is wintry weather and snow. Now, again, that's why there's five criteria, so don't so don't jump all over this and say, Jeff, what are you talking about? Can't just have snow, then every movie in a mountain. Well, that is part of it. So 
if it has wintry weather and snow, or if it has a Christmas party. The reason I say that is they could be very separate, right? So Christmas party in Hawaii, Christmas party in South Florida, those are not going to have snow. But a movie, uh, basically every Hallmark movie ever that's a Christmas movie is going to have snow, it's going to have the wintry weather, it's going to have the wintry vibe. So if it has either of those events, right, if it has the wintry weather or a Christmas party, then it gets a point. And only one, so you don't get two points if you have wintry weather and a Christmas party. So it's just yes or no. Uh, Timing. So... This one I went back and forth on, and so I've, I've selected a narrow, pretty narrow time period for, for this timing. If, if the movie is set at Christmas, or if the majority of the movie takes place in the Christmas season, and by that I mean between the Thanksgiving, so like mid to late November, all the way through Christmas. If those dates are included and the majority of the movie takes place in those dates, then it gets a point. And then lastly, I'm going to call this like the Scrooge effect. If there is a redemption story, doesn't matter what. If there is a character who starts off as an anti-hero or an antagonist and through a series of events or a single event comes back around and realizes the error of their ways, then it's a redemption story. That's, that's what I'm talking about when I talk about redemption story. And that gets the point. So... Now that we have our five rules for Christmas movies, how can we tell if it's a Christmas movie? Does it need all five? Obviously not. I don't think so. To me, if you get three points or more, then it's a Christmas movie. I've got a list of examples that we can go through, and I'll give you guys some sample scores, some movies that might surprise you one way or the other, and... Uh, I'll give you the basically where they got the points and what happens. There's definitely a couple in here that I think will surprise you and surprised me. This goes against my personal believings on uh, like some things that I would not traditionally include as Christmas movies, but I think it's really important if you have an objective set of criteria that you go through and you score things and you don't manipulate the scores to match what you want to believe right so so that's why i did i did the hard criteria i did hard criteria first and then i went and scored and here we go so i'll start off with rise of the guardians this is a movie that whenever i was talking about whether something is a christmas movie or not last season i said was not a christmas movie but uh with the scoring you've got the character santa claus is a primary featured character in this you have events it has wintry weather throughout several pieces of the movie and it has a redemption story so jack frost is pretty much the main character and he has this redemptive arc of rebel character and troublemaker all the way through to hero so rise of the guardians that gets it three points it does not have four christmas songs and it's not set primarily at christmas it actually is set at easter but uh that gets three points and therefore it is a christmas movie according to my scores. So let's move on. Let's go with another controversial one or questionable one. Let's go with Batman Returns. Okay, so Batman Returns, Tim Burton, 90s Batman movie. It's the second Tim Burton Batman movie after the original Batman in 1989. I say original. It's the original Tim Burton. Um, Batman Returns. So it has it has events. So it has wintry weather and a Christmas party. So it gets a point either way for there. It is set basically all at Christmas time, so it gets a second point for timing, and it has a redemption story. So 
it has Batman and Catwoman both having redemption stories. So Catwoman starts out as a as a villain, uh, turns out to come help Batman. Batman is also Batman, so he's this vigilante, and he winds up, you know, getting blamed for things, and he has this whole story arc around. Anyway, no, I would say spoilers, but it's like almost thirty years old at this point, so I, th- I think I'm I think I'm good on, on on spoilers for this one. So Batman Returns, also three points, also a Christmas movie crazy i know i would not consider this a christmas movie if i were just looking at this list of of movies but the way that it works it definitely is so um let's go with my favorite christmas movie of all time die hard um so die hard it has five christmas songs in its soundtrack or four depending on which way you look at one of the songs but it has four christmas songs so there it gets the point for music events it has a christmas party the whole thing is set at a Christmas party, so check that off. There's two points. Timing. Well, it's set on Christmas Eve, the entire movie. It's set at Christmas Eve. And lastly is a redemption story. So John McClane is there to try and save his family. He's trying to rekindle the relationship he lost with his wife, and he has to go through a number of tragic and difficult things to make this happen and it's a very convoluted but excellent love story uh so die hard gets four points four points so die hard is most definitely a christmas movie um lethal weapon so this one i hear compared to die hard a lot um so let's go through let's go through and score lethal weapon really quickly so christmas music die hard only has i mean die hard has four lethal weapon has two maybe three just depending but that doesn't meet the criteria. So Lethal Weapon doesn't get the point for music. It doesn't feature any Christmas characters. Events, well, there's no wintry weather. It is set out west, and and it is not. There's no Christmas party, although there is like a scene of like a Santa Claus, but that doesn't really. Oh, we'll go through that. Like I said earlier, it has to feature that. Um, so. It's 0 for 3 so far, so you can tell where this is going. Timing. It is set at Christmas time, so I will definitely give it that. Uh, Lethal Weapon gets a point for being set at Christmas, and it is also a redemption story. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie, it is very much a redemption and a like a, a positive Christmas, Christmas theme, I guess, in a way. But it doesn't meet the criteria. It only gets two points. So Lethal Weapon, not a Christmas movie. Um, a couple more... Nightmare Before Christmas, it gets music, it is featuring Santa Claus, it is set around the holiday season, and there's a redemption story for Jack Skellington as he goes back and saves Santa Claus. So definitely Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie, much as it hurt me to say. Uh, excellent, excellent musical though. Uh, I think the music is great in the movie. The The artwork is is either hit or miss. It's, it's, you know, it's very subjective in that sense. But uh, Nightmare Before Christmas definitely gets the, the Christmas check for me frozen it has the events so it has wintry weather and it has a redemption story for elsa but that's not enough just two so frozen not a christmas movie um so maybe the most surprising are the last two that i'm going to talk about and that is first a horror movie silent night deadly night so this had a surprising amount of christmas songs uh it had about six christmas songs throughout it now that's not saying anything for the production quality or the quality of movie, but uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night had Christmas music. It gets a point for that. It is featuring a 
uh, a Santa Claus figure. So this one, you could give it the point or not. It depends. Um, so for me, I would say it needs to be featuring a the actual person. So not just someone dressed up as a snow snowman or dressed up as a reindeer or dressed up as Santa Claus needs to feature the actual. So depending on how you score that, it's, it's a little bit subjective in that way. But I would say it's not featuring Santa Claus. It's featuring a crazy person dressed up as Santa Claus. So no point there. Uh, events, plenty of Christmas party stuff. So yes, Christmas parties, uh, wintry weather-ish. Uh, timing, it is set at Christmas. It is all through the Christmas season. Definitely no redemption story here. It is a horror movie. But that gives us three or four points, depending on how you want to score this. So that means Silent Night, Deadly Night. And I'm talking about the 1974 original. I haven't seen the updated version. Um, oh, no, that, I think that's Black Christmas, actually, that got the reboot. I don't think this one had a reboot. Silent Night, Deadly Night is actually the one where they reused, like, I think, like, 15 minutes of the first movie in the second movie. Yeah, it's it's a it's a dumpster dumpster fire with that one. But Silent Night, Deadly Night, according to my scorecard, gets four points and therefore is a Christmas movie. Ugh. Uh, but it is what it is, right? I told you guys I would stick to my scorecard, and I'm going to do that. And lastly, the one that's probably going to surprise a lot of people, and it surprised me a little bit, although I've seen the movie, so I guess maybe not as much as it, it should have, but White Christmas. White Christmas. Christmas songs. It has one Christmas song. That's it. Um, yeah, so if you ever seen Holiday Inn, they're basically the same movie, um, shot about 15 years apart, I think. So uh, White Christmas has, has one Christmas song, so it doesn't get that. It is not featuring any major Christmas characters, so no point there. Uh, events. So you could argue this, right? So I'm going to give it points because there is a snowy scene there. Um, timing. So White Christmas is not primarily set at Christmas time. There are Christmas scenes, but the majority of the movie is spent all throughout the year and not specifically at Christmas time. And yes, there is a redemption story. So White Christmas gets two points and therefore White Christmas does not meet our criteria for a Christmas movie. Um, a couple of other surprises, I guess, uh, Trading Places, which I consider more of a Thanksgiving movie, um, but it, it actually meets the criteria. It gets three points for music, events, and timing. And Shazam, which I absolutely love. I love Zachary Levi. He's my favorite actor. That's, I mean, I love Chuck, the TV show. Zachary Levi plays Shazam in the movie. He's also Chuck from the TV show Chuck. Um, Shazam has the events, so it's set at Christmas time. I mean, that timing, it's set at Christmas time. It has wintry weather, has some snow, and it is a redemption story, a redemption arc. So three points, but again, three points is kind of borderline Christmas. Um, to me, I probably could do like a one or two points, not a Christmas movie, three points, maybe a Christmas movie, four or five points, definitely. But I'm not going to go that far. I'd say three or more, you can consider it a Christmas movie according to the scorecard. And all right, guys, so I'm going to I'm gonna wrap it there because there's plenty of controversy and I'm sure I will hear from plenty of you and I hope to. I hope to hear from plenty of you guys about um, what you think of my scorecard and I, I cannot wait to, to hear the feedback. And I have been blown away by all the emails and messages, uh, Twitter messages and Facebook messages. Thank you so much. I, I cannot thank you enough. We have gotten so many more reviews and ratings on podcast networks. Um, I, I've been nominated for a fiction award, which is humbling. I, I, I 
very, very pleased to hear this. Um, very humbled. I, I'm just, I'm, I very much appreciate you guys because I wouldn't be doing this, uh, this season if it wasn't for you guys, I would not have continued, but, um, just the, the, the way you guys reach out and the way you guys listen. And I, I just, I want to, I want to say a, a very heartfelt thank you all. I, I really, really, I love doing the podcast, um, but it is a labor of love and, um, yeah. So without much further ado, I, we're going to get into, um, a new Christmas story from the lost years of Santa Claus. And this is from a mid to early part in the book. And I've had a bunch of questions about, Hey Jeff, why does Santa, why does Chris stay in the realm of magic? Why is he there? Um, couldn't he just go home? Well, yes, he definitely could. Um, but it is, it is important to know why Chris does not just go home, why he stays in the realm of magic. So um, this three-part story is going to break that down and explain to you guys why Santa stays in the magical realm. And then after the story, stay tuned. There will be instructions for how you enter the contest. And um, I'll be announcing the winner next week. And I'll be giving the card out um, uh basically when the episode drops. So um, stay tuned, and here is Why Santa Lives in the Magical Realm. I strode forward, hooves stepping lightly on the fallen needles and branches that lay strewn about the forest floor. My legs moved quickly and lightly, effortless. Easily finding my way through the maze of trees, both fallen and standing tall, I headed toward my home, eager to update my brethren with the news I had only recently heard. The sun drizzled through the tops of the trees like raindrops, plopping and dotting my path with brightness and pleasant warmth. As the clearing appeared, I began my transformation, hooves becoming feet, forelegs becoming two. I stood upright now, fur leaving my body, falling to the ground and changing to dust as all things become when their use is up. My eyes darted around and I whistled a resounding, bright, shrill sound, a call to my companions, my siblings. I found my usual resting place and seated myself, grabbing my abandoned cloak and swinging it around my shoulders, then tucking it underneath myself along the chair I'd carved over the years from the large fallen tree. I pondered many things through my days. I questioned birds of the air and fish of the sea. I queried the insects all around and the remaining dragons that hid themselves away. Most would try to forget the beastly and more intimidating creatures, but I felt no fear of them. Without destruction, there can be no renewal, without fire, no rain, and without winter, no spring. Neutrality was the order of things, and balance must be maintained. Thus, it was my job to ensure that balance existed. Long journeys were commonplace, causing my feet, arms, and shoulders to ache constantly. A rest would be nice, but with the news coming from Il Illamore, there would be no time to rest. The arrival of a human had serious repercussions, and I must formulate a plan. No, we must formulate a plan. A strategy for dealing with the human and those that wish to use the gate for their own purposes. The beginnings of a headache started to creep into the back of my head. Tiny fingers of needling pain inserting themselves into the deepest recesses, inching closer to the white hotness that I had come to dread. For some time now, the searing heat and pain would come in slow waves like tides to shore, ever creeping their way until it consumed me. Those times I would dive to the deepest, coldest parts of the sea and sit for hours, days sometimes, until the pain resided. For the past century now, the headaches would come a few times per cycle, and unpleasant never began to describe them. Several of us had them, and rarely at the same time. I had an inkling as to why, and now that a human had arrived, my fears were stronger than in the millennia prior. A murder of crows suddenly dispensed, and two of my siblings leapt into the clearing we called our home, wrestling and racing, laughing and howling. 
Interrupted from my indulgent self-misery, I stood and walked over, forcing a weak smile. After embraces and quick greetings, I forced out another signal, this time stronger, higher-pitched, and longer. Nodding to my siblings, I repositioned myself in my chair, one leg dangled over the arm, my head tilted toward the sky and the clouds drifting by. Here in the clearing, no wind could be felt. Of course, I could change that with a wave of my hands, as could any of us, but the calmness was welcome, however unsettling it might be at times. Simply arriving here took one of two things either an invitation, or knowledge of seeking magic that could, sometimes, allow sentient creatures inside the clearing. I'm hungry. Not substantially, but perhaps my own boredom and fatigue at waiting for the others to arrive had gotten the best of me. My eyes scanned the immediate area. I leaned forward, having spotted my quarry. From my own pack, I grabbed some stone fruit, perfectly ripe, and a piece of goat's cheese. Breathing deeply the scent of sweet plums and peaches coupled with the tangy cream cheese, I sat myself upright. My left hand grabbed my water skin and I swigged a mouthful of stream water. Taken from the streams feeding Ukwinenyatavan Kaninga's lake, the great lightning dragon's crisp sweet water was the most refreshing and tasty water one could find anywhere. I'd had to best him twice at riddles and once in a race, only then had he agreed to let me take some of his most sacred refreshment. Those times seemed only yesterday, but had been nearly 300 years ago now. Oh, how time flew, and now with the human's arrival, time was sure to stop just as suddenly, as someone passing through the gate never seemed to signal good tidings. It had happened before, though it was rare to have one so young find their way through the gate. Grilla normally had at least one ship sailing the northern seas, watching for any sign of humanity that crept its way through, stumbling into something far beyond their own comprehension. The ogre sorceress had her own ideas of what to do with the gate and the human world beyond. I vaguely remember one girl who had just come of age to travel seriously, who had found her way through the mist and frigid waters, nearly drowning her way to the gate accidentally, only to be captured by Grilla. We'd found out about this on one of our excursions to meet with the natural inhabitants of the Eastern Isles, who had spotted the black wooden ships cutting through the wind and water unnaturally fast. I never could understand exactly how the ogress had been able to predict the girl's arrival, or any of the others for that matter, but most importantly, she had been mysteriously absent when this boy arrived. Perhaps a blessing, perhaps a signal of ill omen. Nonetheless, I needed to discuss the events of the past two days with my siblings. Caught in my own thoughts, I hadn't noticed that the majority of my siblings had indeed arrived and were now waiting on me. Mildly embarrassed, I cleared my throat and explained why I had sent out the call to them. A human boy has arrived and is currently on his way to Il Elamor. He is not adult-aged, he is not even of ancient elven blood, but he is alive and has not been caught by Grilla as of yet. Murmurs of small, sad conversations bristled through the dozens of my relations, eyes wide with a healthy mix of intrigue, skepticism, and worry. We will wait for the council to send him here. I've already handled the process of sending messages their way. Perhaps he will come soon, perhaps not, but when he is ready, if he makes it to us before he is caught or killed, then we can address the issues of what we must do. I wasn't ready to get into details, but we must get back to the human world, as they all knew. My own personal reasons aside, it was critical that we get our lost brethren home to us. So then, why are we here, eldest? I was asked from one of those listening to me. If we are not to meet with him soon, then why are we here? Why call us back from our task to tell us of some alleged impending issue? This was a valid question, and I appreciated the frankness, so I answered as bluntly as I could. We need this child. His arrival means the gate is active again, albeit only with his presence. If we can get through the gate, then we can locate our missing siblings and better protect the human world. If it falls, then our realm will follow. All right, everybody, that ends part one of why Santa stays in the magical realm. 
Hope you guys have enjoyed this story. I hope you guys have enjoyed this portion of the story. There's a lot to get into. Uh, the next two episodes will be um, very, very different than what we've had so far. It's obviously a different point of view, but it's it's an important part of the story. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And here's how you guys can enter the contest for the first annual Lost Christmas Giveaway. Again, this is a $50 Amazon gift card. It's not a lot, but it's uh, something I, wanna, I wanted to do. I really appreciate you guys. And so here's what I want from you. You can email me. You can send me a Twitter DM, an Instagram message, or a Facebook message. And what I want from you is I want your specific rules for how to determine if a movie is a Christmas movie or not. It can't be vague. So it can't be if you feel it is or if you think that this is so on and so forth. It needs to have hard, fast rules, and it needs to have a yes Christmas movie or no Christmas movie score at the end. However complicated you want it after that, as long as it has hard, fast rules, that's all I need. So how the contest will go is I'll take all the results. I will read them. Um, so Thursday night, uh, that would be December the 9th, at midnight Central Standard Time, that's when I will um, cut off the, the entries. I will send out reminders all week on social media. I'll even have a, a, bit, a, a couple clips on Anchor that will um, send out podcasts, a little mini podcast just as reminders. So uh, I will judge. And then on Friday, when the new episode drops, I will have the winner. And I'll have sent out all the information to the winner already and how they can redeem and all that kind of stuff. But I cannot wait to hear from you guys. You can email lostchristmaspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook. Send me a message there. Find us on Twitter. Send us a message there. Instagram, same thing. And give me those rules for what you think is a Christmas movie and how you can determine whether it is or not. So... That's all for this episode, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed it. I am super, super excited about the the next four to five weeks. We have several episodes left before uh, Christmas is here, and I I'm just I'm just so thankful for you guys. I'm so excited about Christmas. It has been a very uh, difficult couple of years for so many of us, and I I hope we can keep continuing to spread holiday cheer. And I hope you guys continue to learn something from these episodes. Feel free to go back if this is your first time. Feel free to go back and listen to previous episodes. Uh, I'd love for you to catch up on the story and the history of Christmas. So, um, as always, I'm Jeff. I absolutely love Christmas, and I really appreciate you guys. I hope you all have a merry, merry Christmas, and I'll see you next week. Thanks. Over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise.